I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 293 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. How's it going, gents? Mm-hmm. It's good. It's how warm. You, how you doing, lads? What's shaking, Cheerio. fellas? <laughs> the, the atoms in this room. Yeah, yeah, vibrating, making it very warm. You know, it keeps alternating between too hot to be wearing any shirt at all and too cold to not be wearing, like, nine shirts. Hmm. So, really, the appropriate medium for you is, like, four and a half shirts. Well, yeah. I mean, you default to four and a half shirts. That's that's when you're born with, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's man's allotment in this world is four and a half shirts. Yeah, we made a deal with the cats where we would get half as many shirts as they got lives. (laughs) Uh, No, the weather in San Francisco, very inconsistent in the summer. (laughs) It's also inconsistent uh, from place to place. Yeah. Because... Right? It was very overcast and very cold where well, I, ti- when I like, left. Yeah, that's just also day to day. Like, the, mm-hmm. within an hour, it can change. Welcome to our weather podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, meteorologist I Mac. I, I, the thing that blew my mind recently was that there was, a, there was a day in San Francisco when, in certain parts of the city, it was over 100 degrees, and less than a mile away, it was 65 degrees. Was you it mean, a like, mile in an oven straight versus up? Versus in a refrigerator? No, it was not. No, like just less than a mile away on the ground. <laughs> Although neither of those—that is like a busted, useless oven and a busted, useless refrigerator. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> or did you mean the refrigerator was a hundred degrees and the oven was sixty-five? Because maybe they're just cursed Both. instead of broken. Kevin, you didn't want to come up with a fun name for the your the weather podcast? No, I'm meteorologist Mel. I don't remember if I said Mel before or some other, some other name that starts the name Riff. Riff, what's your fun weather name? Oh gosh, uh, uh, I wasn't Cold Front Charlie. Yes, that one. Uh, Sports enthusiast Sam. That's that's your weather name. (laughs) Sam really doesn't want to be here. You're the, you're the cantankerous character who your your take on the weather is that it sucks and we well, shouldn't be talking about can't it. can't play sports in this heat. Mm. Yeah. Cannot shuffle in this heat. It's all wrong. I'm, I'm Hurricane Hal and my signature is that I'm always drinking hurricanes. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a coincidence, though. Were you, <laughs> were you with me the time that I was in New Orleans and all of the restaurants had stopped? Had stopped selling hurricanes they were still selling them. they were just named something else and they all had signs up like freedom fries talking about yeah (laughs) yeah because they they were angry at the french right so they uh no it was was just post katrina and so like one restaurant decided that they were going to stop calling it a hurricane because that was insensitive and then sort of guilted all of the other restaurants into also doing that except for one that was like still proudly serving hurricanes yeah that's did they also stop the, stop selling the destroyed low-income housing <laughs> yep yeah that's not a very good drink anyway <laughs> fair mm-hmm. enough yeah kind of kind of ashy there's that there's that uh that new orleans tradition the drowned child yeah. where it's Oof. like just a glass of rum with a plastic baby in it <laughs> Oof. yeah Sounds pretty good, actually. They probably still sold Irish car bombs. You, well, you then take the baby and you put you bake it into a cake, right? And, yeah, and cake. then you soak. Yeah, it's a rum soak cake. The cake and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we got there. Anyway, welcome to a weather hot dog. Uh-huh. Riff, how's the weather in Portland? Hot dog. Uh, it's okay right now. This past weekend, it was up to a hundred both days, 
and that sucked pretty bad, but it's recovering. Did, did you have to wear your your weird rubber bracers that you wear to protect your arm hair what? from the sun? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do have some uh, UV protective sleeves that I wear when I, if I'm going to be outside for a long time. Is that what a bracer is? But it's like a glove it's, without yeah, the hands? I'm not, I'm uh, it's, it's, like a wrist, it's like a wrist guard. It's like okay. a wrist sock. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I just this is I, related to the wind sock. <laughs> the, <clears throat> I, I, I so I, I just elected to not go outside. Was the actual okay? Solution. But what about all those Pokemon's that went uncaught, Riff? Oh, I've been actually gar- those... messing with Pokemon Go for a long time. All the Garfields that you didn't that you didn't hurl lasagna at. <laughs> is that a location based game? Uh, it claimed to be. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, it would definitely show you like what your f- what was facing away from your phone screen. Was it Garfield with like throwing... a capital A R? No, oh, man, that would be pretty no. good. Nope, they missed oh. that joke too. Wow, fuck! It's probably against the law to spell Garfield with a lowercase <laughs> G, though. I guess Jim Davis will. <laughs> Jim Davis gets to cut your throat <laughs> according to the terms of his contract. Um, guys. Have you done anything non-video game related and non-weather related since the last time we recorded Weather Hot Dog? Well, I was I was going to talk about Google Earth, but I think it's kind that's of both. Weather related. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's weather and a video game. Yeah. We we were debating whether weather Google was Earth was a video game. <laughs> oh, we were debating whether Google Earth was a video game or not, and I, my criterion was: are the decisions that you made while using it decisions that Sid Meier would consider interesting? And we couldn't <laughs> ask him. Is he on Twitter? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's the end of that story. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do on Google Earth, Jim? Um, I um I was really proud of myself because I found my grandmother's house without looking at any name place names. So like I started out in like I, I guess it was Florence. I knew that because I looked at a place name. Florence, Italy? Yeah. Okay. And then I zoomed out and then I zoomed in on like vaguely where I knew we lived in Florida and then I found some landmarks and then I just recognized the shape of the streets and it was like good job me. I could I could navigate to my childhood for like at least for like two years my childhood home uh if you were a bird if i were yes exactly or, so that started out in space okay space bird space bird and i just went and checked out checked out some other places i'd lived basically was what it was um google earth is is a lot more robust than i thought it would be um i had assumed it was just like taking the satellite images and like mapping it onto a sphere um but they actually do uh I think they're using Google Street View data to do actual like reconstruct a 3D model, uh textured 3D model of the surroundings. And it's obviously really glitchy. Like it's not hard at all to find, you know, really ugly, like weird glitches. Like the uh the my grand my grandmother's house had like a car that appeared to be like buried in sand <laughs> out front. That's great. And then, like, there was a hill on the driveway that, like, had the top of a boat texture mapped onto the top of the hill. <laughs> um, but they tried. Any of those two-legged cats? Yeah, are you Are you sure that your grandmother hasn't just gotten into really weird sculpture? Because those <laughs> those seem to both be kind of like Thematic. two things that could come out of the same period of a sculptor's. That's true. Work. That's true. I mean, this is, this is the it's like period. this is the this is a 
this is a road that is part boat and a beach that is part car. <laughs> like this is yeah. my Hill Street Blue period. Yeah. Yep. Good. <laughs> but it's it's really neat. I was I was uh, I was doing it in a Vive helmet. Oh. Um, I messed with that a little bit, and boy, did I find the controls for just getting around very, very it took, unintuitive. It definitely took some getting used to. I'm not... Like, I, I feel like this is uncharitable uncharitable of me to say I could do a better job, but I think I could do a better job than than they did to design, like, an, a, the navigate uh, uh, the surface of a sphere control scheme. I mean, even the desktop client has, is the controls feel pretty wonky mm. in my experience. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's a kind of, <clears throat> pardon me. I wonder if it's a kind of controls that, I mean, I was going to say a lot of the time a VR thing or a, or a first person thing where you can, you have unlimited freedom of movement is like a thing that makes a lot of sense to people who've spent a lot of time in like Lights level and editors. Oh. Yeah. Um, but, but since now everyone who's been, who, who's, at all familiar with that is just from playing Minecraft. That has to be the default control set. Yeah, which, I mean, Minecraft works pretty much like World of Warcraft when they did flying mounts, right? Like, jump became up, right? and I don't know, X What's, became down yeah, for what whatever. Down? I don't know. It's X. Is it? But yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't. X was not a stand-in for... Okay. That. One thing that was weird about it is that, like, they, they were trying to... Um, just in order to prevent motion sickness, whenever you were moving, they would really restrict your peripheral vision. Um, hmm. which it, it, um, I didn't get motion sick, so I guess it worked. And um, you do a lot of accidentally shooting back into space in my experience. Mm, that didn't happen to me. How much, I, I think part of the problem with en- trying to do anything complicated with Vive controllers is that you don't necessarily know what all the interactable parts of a Vive controller are. Yeah. And you can't see them when you're using them. The version so. I played had, like, it rendered the yeah. Vive controller with labels on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I couldn't see where my thumb was, but I could see, like, oh, that button looks like I should, mo- I could move my thumb over to it and my proprioception still worked. So I could push the button and then it did what the label said. I, Kept, I, I suddenly discovered the source of a bunch of very, very strange bugs that I had encountered in the software on my television. And it is that a big section of the middle of my remote control was secretly a trackpad. Whoa. And I had uh. no idea. It's got like a Wiimote style point interface for doing most things, but it would very often just like do weird shit and I couldn't figure out why. And it's because the spot where your thumb naturally rests. Is your, TV like running Android. Can you like <sighs> can you get Angry Birds for it? I uh, probably yeah. I know you can get Angry Birds on a Roku. Yeah. Um, man, it it sucks so bad. The software on that television sucks so bad. But I really like only having one remote control. <laughs> so like you know I I could probably get Netflix on like my Wii U and then that would work. Except for the it would always the battery would always be dead. How right. do you how do you turn on and off your eight track player with your TV remote though. Um, there's an eight track player app on the smart TV. Okay. Yeah, and it's got like a built-in 3D printer CNC machine, uh, so it can it can apply it can add arbitrary uh, slots and sockets to the television hardware. Wow, that'll happen someday. Self modifying. You'll be like, hardware. I want this. I want my phone to have an eight track player, and the eight, it will extrude an eight track player out of the side of it. 
at that point, you could probably just say, phone, play this 8-track, and point it at an 8-track, <laughs> and it could read. 8-track. Yeah. No, play it like it sounded in the 70s, and then it, like, it, it interpolates based on the positions of all of the molecules around it exactly what that 8-track sounded oh, like in the 70s. Say, you can hear Jesus yeah. preach on the, ser- the yeah. Sermon on the Mountain stuff. Yep. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be incredible. And then you could be like, phone, tell me what Jesus would have thought of this 8-track, and then it'll probably be able to figure it out. Well, instead of making moral decisions yourself, you could ask Jesus. All yeah. the time, yeah. Askjesus.com. <laughs> I mean, I had been relying on Jeeves for all of my moral decisions. <laughs> right. Oh, so that's why everything you do is so dapper. <laughs> yeah, and like there's a lot of... murders. <laughs> yes. Um, so you found your grandma's house? Yeah. Did you go to the Eiffel Tower? Uh, I can't remember. I did a bunch of the, like, try these locations. Oh, right. There's, like, presets. Yeah. You go to the Grand Canyon. Oh, I should have done that. That sounds great. It's deep. In VR, to, you're, way, you're still way taller than it. It's weird being in VR in an app where you can arbitrarily change your scale. Yeah, it, it, it definitely feels like you changing scale rather than the Earth, even yeah. though you're kind of zooming into the Earth. Right, and you're obviously the same size as you ever were. Right. I mean, I guess you might get slightly smaller from sweating. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, nothing. Just working. I just been working. I know. You're you're an incredibly valuable asset to our team. <laughs> <laughs> you too, Riff. Well, I think. You too, Jim. You've been doing some testing. No, that that's good because I am about to start a contract that's going to last the whole month of July. So get ready for me to have nothing to say. Oh, nice! On the, the next up, upcoming episodes, are you not allowed to speak about it? Uh, I, I've been no, I'm not. Okay. In fact, you've already told us too much. Yeah. In fact, they took away your ability to form sentences. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> it's just nothing. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't watched anything. I have not listened to anything. I've just worked. What about you, Riff? Um. Stayed inside. I stayed inside. I got the, uh, I, I signed up, I subscribed to this thing called Hunt a Killer, and I got the first mailing of that and messed around with that some. It's a sort of murder mystery in a box. They send you a, a box with uh, some, like, letters and papers and documents and stuff. Uh, the The raw concept is that you've signed up for sort of a, a one-way pen pal program with with somebody that's that's in a a, mens- a me- prison or a mental institution or something like that, as as sort of like a therapeutic thing, so that these people have someone to send letters to, and uh, and it turns out that the guy that is sending mail to you is, I guess, sort of a Hannibal Lecter figure, and so the he's he's sending you like clues and stuff about some murder that he knows about and uh and between the, hmm. the between the stuff that comes in the box and like researching that stuff online you you gradually piece together a picture of of what's happening it's uh it's pretty interesting it it uh it kind of falls into the same traps that anything any sort of game where you're researching stuff on the internet falls into which is like like you have to append minus 
quotation marks uh, hunt a killer to every Google search you do, or else you'll yeah. just see everybody's commentary on all of it and get all the spoilers. And I've been doing crossword puzzles recently, and like when I get stuck and it, like I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna Google for this information. I feel really shitty when like the top five results are like yeah. crossword clue sites. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's no way around that, right? Because, uh, you know, if it's like the New York Times crossword, millions of people are doing it and probably hundreds of thousands of them are Googling it. Those, those might be orders of magnitude off. Yeah. But enough that it's going to, enough that it's going to trip up autocomplete. Um, so is this, is this hunt a killer thing like you get, new clues for about the same case as time goes by or is it like each month is a self-contained each month is its own murderer i think i think it's i uh i don't know this for certain but my impression is is that the first three or four boxes are the same case and then it goes on to a new case i see so a case is four boxes (laughs) i guess it should be like 12 right or 24 yeah okay here's a question for you guys how many cans of beer are in a case of beer? Uh, I would have 12. said 12. I'm almost sure that it's 24 because a case is like a flat with two 12 packs in it. Hmm. What would you call Would you call it a 12 a pack? A 12 then? pack, yeah. Okay. Float, a, a case of soda is 24. Yeah. But I think a case of beer varies. Like, there's definitely the. Maybe they're half cases. Is a, hmm. You definitely buy things with 12 yeah, beers in them. 12 packs. Yeah. What I, about a keg? How big is that? I don't know that? the last time I saw an actual case of... So, oh, I guess you mean like a flat, right? Is that a case? Yeah, you get it. I mean, that's how soda will come at Costco. Right. Yep. I don't know. I'll have to look this up. Put it in the show notes. How many cans of beer are in a case of beer? It's 24. <laughs> so how, how, it's many, how many cans of beer... How many cans... How many beer cans could you fill with the blood in one human body? So how many cans of beer are in a person? Well, you, what, you have eight pints of blood in you as a person. Is that true? Isn't it? I don't know. I thought it was eight. Yeah. Don't you donate an entire pint of blood, though? Yeah. Donate? That's a lot of... Percentage it's a lot blood. of your blood, that, yeah. That's why they give you that little cup of orange juice. You have way more than you need. How many of those cups of orange juice would it take to fill up the empty cans from a case of beer? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I bought this board game thing, uh, and Amelia and I played through it. It is a one-time playable, like, room escape themed. Oh, I heard about that. Uh, board game wh- thing. What's it called? Well, there, there was one that I heard about, uh, that I way, got. like, yeah. the, this section is getting dangerously close to being a game section. About games, yeah. Yeah. Well, these are about physical games. Okay. <laughs> okay, I saw Wonder Woman and I didn't like it at all, and I feel guilty about not liking it because it makes me feel like I'm not woke enough. Uh, it's, but, superhero movies are terrible anyway. Yeah, so, it, was, like, <laughs> it was real bad. I didn't like it at all. Uh, anyway, this, ex- it, this one is called Exit the Room. I do not understand why all... It, well, I do understand why. It's so that people will buy them. But <laughs> there is absolutely no reason for it to be room escape themed, right? right. Like a, right. a thing that could, be, like, you could just have any context for solving a bunch of puzzles. Well, it's like how adventure games are dead unless they're room escape adventure games. Yeah. 
the so the way that it worked was mechanically pretty clever um you there was a deck of riddle cards a deck of answer cards and a deck of hint cards and then like a little booklet with some pictures in it and some like grids of numbers and stuff that you were going to were obviously going to be used for for certain puzzles the pictures had like a bunch of locked containers okay. with a symbol on them and that was how you knew like which puzzle you were solving all of the puzzles had a three digit combination wow. that was their solution and it came with a code wheel that you lined up the three digit combination that you thought was correct with the symbol on the puzzle and then it told you what answer card to pull out and then the answer card would either have an x on it if it was not an answer for any puzzle or it would say okay this might be correct where did you see the symbol? And there's a bunch of little pictures of the different containers that you might be trying to open. And then each of those has another answer card that you look at to see if it's... Like verification. Yeah. And I think that's just so you don't ever accidentally find... Right. Right. You, you Like, it stopped them from just printing a deck that was like 40 incorrects and 10 corrects or whatever. Um, I don't... 100% know that I believe that's the best way to do that, but it worked fine. There was like, there was a little thrill when it's like, oh, this might be right, and then a little bit of suspense, like, oh, yep, turns out it was right. And then that would tell you to, like, turn over more of the riddle cards, and the riddle cards, like, reveal more information or more puzzles. Um, okay. A lot of them are destructive. Like, you have to, like, there's things that you just have to cut up to solve. Um, so it's it's very much designed to only be played once. Um, it was like 15 bucks. Um, it was pretty good. Do you start a timer? Do you have like an hour? You do. I fucked up though. Like we took a little break in the middle and I stopped the timer and then I forgot to start it again. So mm -hmm. I, I'm guessing it took us like two hours. Um, and then I went and I bought a couple more of the ones by the same people. I thought, I thought you, uh, you might like to do one with me. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're interesting to Like, I feel like if it was just, if it was just the game, I would not be that excited about it. It is sort of more interesting to me in terms of how it's designed than what it is. Right? The puzzles are fine, but there are better and more challenging puzzles out in the world. And, like, that's the kind of, like, I'm fine with a puzzle for its own sake, right? Like, I don't need right. this kind of context for it. But it is interesting to me the ways in which you would construct a thing that is designed to conceal information hmm. from you while you are sort of running it yourself. Right. Um, and I'm curious how similar the mechanic is of the other themed ones. Once you, I mean, I feel like if you come up with a decent system, then just theming it differently is enough to keep people interested for a while. Different puzzles, different theme. This had some, this one had some very clever surprises in it. And I'm curious yeah. if, the other ones will have the same clever surprises. Oh, I see. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, anyway. I'm down with this. Say, say again what it was called? Exit the Game. Exit the Game? All right. There are a bunch of varieties, but some of them, it seems like, maybe are expansions to a base set of a game that's not available anymore. Huh. And I don't know if it's playable standalone. That one is called something else. I saw somebody tweeting about it. Um... But it's just one of those things that you cannot currently get on Amazon. It's probably because all the copies of it have been played. Yep. Yeah. Played and solved. 
I don't know what to do with it. I think I should maybe just keep like a souvenir out of it and just throw it away. Yeah. Like I don't know what to do with our pandemic legacy board. I don't, I kind of don't want to just store that for the rest of my life. I right. I framed the board with with like I I double sided sticky taped the the winning characters to it and the and the scorecard and then framed it and uh, the the plastic components I threw in my board games bits box okay. and then everything else I just threw away. It would have been neat to super glue all of the bits to the board in the state that it was in when you. Yeah, that would be cool. You'd have needed like a much more intense frame. Yeah. Or just not. You could just nail it to the wall. Yeah, true. See what sticks. (laughs) See how much jello sticks. I. mm. Yeah. We had the whole conversation about nailing jello to the wall, right? I don't remember it. I kind of feel like we did. You could do it. <laughs> you, I bet you could do it if you like, if you did the the like jigglers recipe, like the the double dense Jello. Well, like at that point, it's not Jello. A single anymore, nail. No. It would just rip itself out. Yeah, I'm saying a lot of nails all at once. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You could also do one nail at a time if you supported it underneath for a while. My suggestion would be get one of those things that you, that's like the grid of hanging pins that you can put your face in and make a picture of your face pop uh-huh. up on top of it in metal. Sharpen all of those pins. And just have, have someone <laughs> throw jello at the wall, you know, just see what sticks and then slam that thing into it all at once. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I guess melt the plastic parts and leave the nails behind. Done. <laughs> You guys play any video games? If you put just like a a wedge of wood or something between the front glass and the nails in one of those pin things, mm-hmm. you could that, that becomes a pretty dangerous weapon, right? A, it's, it's like a trap. You put that on a coffee table, yeah. and then when the villain comes Smacks in, he's like, ah, oh, villains always want to make representations of their faces. That's like a classic villain foible. Yeah. They do that, <laughs> and little do they know, you've put clear resin on top of all the pins, and when they press their face into it, it just goes right into their face and kills them. What? <laughs> oh, they also have super strength. That's another, uh, yeah. What is the clear bad res- reflexes though? Clear resin, dude. Does that just make them sharp? Stops it. No, it stops it from stops them from extending. Oh, I see. But it's not visible. Ah. Clear resin is invisible, don't you know? <laughs> I see. You would also have to like sharpen all the individual pins. Well, I'm assuming this is one like, that you're reusing from the Jello trick. Right, okay, but then you would need to like repaint the pins based on the lighting they'll be looking at it from, so that they don't look sharp. Oh. Okay. That's right. That's tricky. Yep. You need to hire a good artist for that. <laughs> have you have you played any video games, Jim? Yeah, I um I played a game called Splitter Critters. Mm. Is that one of the Nintendo Switch games? It sounds like it, doesn't it? No, it's a phone game. Ah, oh, crap! What is the one that's the Snipper Clips? Snipper Clips. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why it sounds like that. Okay. Uh, it's a game where you um let. Th- there are some like dudes walking around a side on level lemmings like automatically. And then you, you, you're trying to get them to a certain destination. And the way you manipulate them is you draw a line 
that subdivides the uh, the world into two, and then you can drag either side of the world relative to the other along mm. the uh, axis you've drawn. There was a Nitro May game that had a similar mechanic mm. to that, I think, a long time ago. It may be inspired by that, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a reasonably satisfying puzzle game. It's like the... The interaction feels good, like the, the particular, like the way, the way you split the world and then drag it around, like that, that stuff is implemented well enough that it feels good under your hands. Um, are the levels like bigger than the screen or? Uh, yeah, they are often. And so you, you scroll around, uh, as well. You're always looking for good phone games. Did you say you are? You are, yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, we all are, but. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard. There, there aren't. They're like, as I was, I was talking about this on uh, a Twitter about how like I have a um, way more P- good PC games than I can possibly play, but I'm desperate for new phone games because all phone games are garbage. Yeah, it's rare to find a really good one. But Splitter Critter sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it's okay, but it seems like that's like a game you play f- a few times. That that I would play a few times. You're not or, gonna. That one, one would play a few times. You know, it's like you're not yeah, gonna. It's yeah. not gonna become a lifestyle. Yeah, but like games that try to be lifestyle games tend that that tends to be how they become garbage. Yeah, like phone Dota. <laughs> it's there are a bunch of those. Yeah, I know. Then none of them are any good. I bet they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that somebody beat threes finally? You can beat threes. Yeah, it took three years for somebody to f- to discover that. <laughs> You you eventually like collapse it down into the whatever one billion whatever and oh, you uh, hit max int yeah and then and then it, there's a little cutscene they showed there's a video of it wow yeah. I didn't know that that's neat yeah it is kind of cool that, well did anybody ever figure out what that shit is on the far right side of the menu those were all representations of the the cards huh they they all had to do with whatever the card theme was. You don't have to keep scrolling that. I don't know why. It just does that sometimes. Yeah. But do you don't think it's going to follow it now? No, it doesn't. Huh. Weird. Um, why, why would it lose that? Anytime anything pops up in front of it, that happens. Anytime. Huh. Like a lot of the time, a lot of the time, those those interfaces will like, if you start moving it manually, then it stops moving automatically. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's possible I touched it or something. Uh, play anything else? Uh, I played, um, uh, I played Energy Hook, uh, which is a kind of an extreme sports game about swinging, like about swinging on, uh, on grapple, grapple mechanic kind of a thing. Like the worms Um, ninja rope? Like that, but in 3D. Um, more specifically, like Spider-Man 2. Okay. Uh, and this is a game that was famously kickstarted by the, by Jamie Fristam, I think, who was the uh, the the developer who was responsible for the web swinging in Spider-Man 2. Hmm. Um, it's a good thing that team didn't do any Fristam culling. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. Um, and... Uh, and so, like, it, it seems like kind of a, it's a no-brainer. You People like that part of the game best. So just a, a game that's just that by the person who's responsible for that seems like it would be really good. But it's not really good. Oh, no. Um, it really feels like it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's still in early access, 
but it feels like it should be like, it feels really unfinished. Um, the movement is very like, uh, jitter jittery and unintuitive and the level design like feels like it's, it's kind of like the broad strokes are there, but the details that need to be there in a game that's like about the way you interact with the world, um, the details are not right. Hmm. Uh, so like I was, that was a really frustrating experience for me was like, like going into this thing, expecting like, expecting something that I was really going to enjoy. And then like, like, it's just not there yet. What's the world like? Um, it's very programmer arty. Um, the first area, I think it's supposed to be like an industrial park, but it's floating in a void. Um, like on purpose because it got sucked into a void or not because not they did, forgot like the skybox. The, the, the theming doesn't seem to be ro- robust enough that you could make like lore statements like that. Huh. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's as abstract as like, uh, I don't know. I was going to say as, as the super Mario 64 level, but even those had like a, a theme to them. And like, an ocean in the distance instead yeah. of like just nothing, right? Yeah. Oh, speaking of skyboxes, I really like the skybox in Google Earth. What is the skybox in Google well, Earth? Well, it's just, it's just the Milky Way, but like hmm. seeing them, seeing like a, I think it's actually just seeing this in VR makes it special. Like I was really it? surprised how much I enjoyed just looking at the sky in VR. Our position relative to other stars and galaxies no, and stuff. No, you just, it's just like here, there's the, there's the Milky Way. And oh, well, you can also, you can, um, grab the sky and drag it to change the time of day. Yeah, so that was right. neat. Yeah. Energy hook might be good someday, but isn't right now. No, or maybe like, maybe like I need to start fiddling with like configuration options. Cause there were a lot of like control, uh, control related checkboxes I didn't understand. Well, I know if they don't allow you to change the field of view, I'm giving them a negative user review on Steam. <laughs> we got to let people change the field of view in West of Loathing so people don't give it negative <laughs> user reviews on Steam. Yeah. It's so great when you change the camera's depth of field, too. It's, yeah, man. I like how you have, like, the change the font interface in, like, something that looks like a decoration. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> okay. It's, you could have, like, the scroll bar for the change the field of view, like be like some filigree right, along right, the right yeah, side it's of secretly, the dialogue. It's secretly just like a cow skull on a rope right. that you don't realize is moving is movable. Yeah. No, that wasn't on purpose. Oh, okay. Also You wanted to put it in a place of honor and prominence. I, I have I have really stuck to my guns uh insisting that the game be swappable into Arial. Uh but I really like the font that Kevin chose way better. <laughs> Gas. I know. I don't understand. Yeah, Who I mean, are you? what have you done? <laughs> well, this is not a web page, is the thing. Oh. Arial is the best. I, I think I can still say Arial is the best font for a web page. Hmm. Not bad for a web page. Okay. Any third game? Hmm. Uh, nothing comes to mind. What about you, Riff? No. Any third just, game for you? Just Breath of the Wild and working. Learned anything new about Breath of the Wild? Discovered anything? Any undiscovered countries? Mm. I did um I did two of the sort of boss dungeons and now I'm just sort of wandering around and making sure I kind of clear out those 
land masses a little more thoroughly before I move on to the other two. Did you discover that Breath of the Wild is a cool game? Uh, I already knew that. No, well, la di da. Do you think that if you were making a, a Star Wars game in the eighties and you wanted people to be able to play it at work without getting in trouble, that you would add a Bosque key? Oh. I should have said an Empire Strikes Back game. <laughs> I forget which guy that is. He's the like lizard. He's the lizard man bounty hunter. Oh, okay, okay. I know what you mean. That I mean, Bosk Key. That has to. If I Google that, that has to. <laughs> that joke has to be dead. Yeah, made before. Yeah. Um, is there somebody keeping just a database of just jokes? God, I wish. <laughs> I mean, Phyllis Diller was trying to. But that's just her own jokes. Well, no, she she cataloged a lot of jokes that she got from other people. Interesting. That, yeah. Um, that which that yeah, I don't know if they weren't mostly offensive racial stereotype jokes that would be a much more valuable resource there was a a set of like packaged utilities made by sierra online based on leisure suit larry called the laffer utilities right and one of the utilities was a joke database and it came with like three jokes in it (laughs) and you were supposed to fill in the rest yourself and that's pretty good. That's but pretty good. It, but it had this neat feature where you could use a macro system to like make a joke dirtier or less dirty based on <laughs> <laughs> okay. what you would pl- replace the macro with. Yeah, I mean they probably had that feature from the from the age check. Right. Right. Cuz the, there was like a bodiness level. Yeah. I remember there there's a very opening scene of Leisure Suit Larry 3 where you are standing at like a tourist telescope on top of a promontory somewhere. And when you look through the telescope, what you see is like a woman taking her shirt off through a window that you're, you're peeping into. Oh, and, and you can tell, like, yeah. you can tell what level of bod it has been set to by where the shades are drawn to. And there <laughs> the is, there is a level just below the highest bod, the bod rate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, where you see boobs for like a second when she, when she bends down. But at the highest bod level, you see boobs pretty much the whole time. Okay. And then yeah. at lower ones, you don't see any boobs well, at all. It's reasonably well-tuned. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, you know, it's like PG-13. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember, I mean, because that obviously if you get, if you get it at non-maximum bod, that means you start over and give different answers to the quiz questions. <laughs> you ask your mom about various Beatles songs or whatever they're asking you about. Um, it would be interesting to play. Did you play through any of those when you were working on Frog Fractions 2? Uh, no, I, I played uh, a few of them as a kid, um, but not, I, I think I looked at videos while I was actually making Frog Fractions. So too. you looked at lists of the questions and stuff. I, I, I have to imagine. I, I did so much research to make that list of questions. Right. There was, I'll bet that I would do a much, much better job of answering those questions now mm-hmm. than I did, than I would have when I was a kid. That's probably true. Even though they're like... Like, I don't know what kind of questions you would put if you were making that game now. Like, what's something that a 30-year-old knows that a 10-year-old does not know Yeah, right now? That a 10-year-old can't find the answer too easily on the internet. That's the other problem, yeah. yeah. You just tab out into Google. That was not an option for us. You could make something that just wouldn't Google very well. Something that had, like, super generic terms to it. Yeah, that's a 
that's a useful trick. You could refer to something without using any proper nouns or something that are easily Googleable, but that was still somehow specific. Mm -hmm. How did we get on that from Breath of the Wild? Uh, uh, I was talking about Laffer Utilities. Right. Boss key. Oh, right. joke. Because you said you fought a boss. Yeah. So it's the yes. boss key. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are the boss dungeons? Uh, they're pretty cool. How are the they're boss pretty, dungeons? They're, they're, they're much shorter than expected. Uh, they're, they're not even... I think it's because they realized that was the worst part of the game. Yeah, well... Kind of yes and no. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. The the all the shrines like together make up a reasonable amount of Zelda dungeon for me. The individual yeah. puzzles in a in a Zelda dungeon singly are the interesting parts of a Zelda dungeon. So, boy, sure as shit, not the fucking fights. I hated those shrines. I would go into one and it would say, "Hey, this shrine is a combat test," and I would oh, just leave because no, there was yeah, no way I was going to yeah. win. The the Whatever the the minor difficulty ones, those are fine. But yeah, anything harder, I, I just have those marked with yeah, the skull. They, they, well, map. I mean, this is this goes should go without saying, I guess. But like, it gets way easier as you level up. Yeah, as you yeah, I'm sure it get does. better equipment and they don't scale with you. No, no, that world is fixed. I think I think so. Know, to its well, maybe not. Like I, th when the blood moon rises or whatever it's called, mm -hmm. I actually like. My working theory, and I had never researched this, but like just like from my observation, I think what happens is that enemies that you clear out respawn in a stronger form. Hmm. Maybe. Certainly not. Unless maybe there's like, maybe there's a point system and it takes several blood moons for a red guy to turn into a blue guy. No, yeah, maybe. Uh, my <laughs> man, every every monster in my world would be would be a would be a high level one if 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 it were just every every moon. So right. Been, well, only the ones you killed. Mm, true. Maybe. That was my theory. Anyway, I don't know. What does it say? The blood moon means. Um, I forget. I always skipped the dialogue. Yeah, same. In everything. It's pretty much, except in Prey for some reason. Mm. <laughs> and then <in> Tumbleseed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I got a an iOS game called House of Da Vinci, which oh, is right. okay. yeah. very much uh, sort of follow-on to The Room or The Room 2 or oh. Room 3, except that it's not as good yeah, okay like but is official it official one it's like a it's yeah it's just sort of in that vein in that style it's i always like, want more of that it's like five bucks on on ios it is it, it felt way more i'm not completely done with it but all the bits i've done so far have been like felt very linear it did not feel like i had a lot of like room to explore and find different puzzles sort of simultaneously it was like do this puzzle do this next puzzle find the next puzzle which is sometimes the hardest part then do that puzzle um and the puzzles are not really all that complicated like it's it it feels a lot more like oh here's a here's a physical interaction where you get to slide a thing wasn't that cool um and so i you know i can't really wholeheartedly recommend it it's if you are jonesing for something that's that's like the room then it's it it fills that void but it's uh it's not like a a super stellar 
exemplar of that style, I don't think. Well, I am jonesing for something like that, so I have purchased it just now. There you go. When uh, when we went to Paris and the, to the Loire Valley last year, we went to a lot of places where Da Vinci had had lived oh. and and worked and been, and then we saw his corpse. Not re- we saw the, some stones that purported to be above his corpse. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, there were a lot of models of things that he had drawn. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of those in uh, there's a lot of those in the game. His this estate that he had has been turned into a uh, like a big museum. Like the gardens of it have a lot of like models of things that demonstrated principles that he wrote about or discovered or whatever. Um, that like are big, just kind of playground equipment sized things that you can mess around in. Like the the helicopter designs and stuff. I think there's something similar to that. It doesn't work. Sure. You can't actually you can't actually fly like that. Did so I know for a long time I would see things about increasingly successful attempts at like human powered flight. And then did they just make that happen and then realize that it sucked and so they don't mess with it anymore? I know that there was a guy who built some sort of super ultralight glider that he could pedal or something to like once it got airborne, he could basically keep it airborne indefinitely. But I don't remember the details. Did he fly all the way around the world on it? That would be the test of that. <laughs> don't remember. He'd have to have another glider to like midair refuel him with there's a sandwich a, and there's, stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a solar power glider that made it all the way around the world. I think, yeah. Right? And then there's what, all was the, it like, just following the daylight. Is that what happened? Uh, I don't think it has to go that fast. Okay. That's pretty fast. That's a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, it would. Right. It would have to if it yeah. were solar powered, though. That's my point. Well, that could, uh, if it had storage, it wouldn't uh, have to yeah. be. It wouldn't quite have to be a thousand miles an hour, right? Because it, you get to start early, and then meet the like. If you can get all the way around and catch the well, end, right, I guess you'd have to do it in. You would sound. have to do it in a day, which no, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you went the other way, you'd get more time in the sun right like if you were if you were constantly if you were going west you'd be constantly gaining time like your nights would be shorter and your days would be shorter too. shorter yeah <laughs> that's the problem well okay so you need um, to you need to follow the sun until you can't and then go the other direction okay and that's and how you start to navigate the globe is by just going back and forth yeah like a, yeah. Like, a, like a z maybe it just stops when it's dark yeah and just, just hangs it hangs like in shark, midair until right? it, yeah it doesn't it, it has to keep gliding <laughs> exactly <laughs> or it just falls really slow, you know, like it's like a glider. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just gliding. Um, also, it would have to be way faster than a thousand miles an hour because that's at the surface. It's a thousand miles an hour. Well, so but how much are you really adding to the, the, the radius by being a thousand feet in the air? I mean, the difference in the distance, the, the your altitude squared, right? Like it's. Is that how that works? You, circumference you, is the area is the pi r squared. The concord circumference is two r pi. I guess that's just time zones. That's not really. Yeah, that's not, that's not really daylight or whatever. <laughs> Guys, this is great. Welcome back to a weather hot dog. Maybe 
you could gain altitude by finding an air vent that has an updraft and right. flying over it. And just circle that until you get real high. Right. And then Or you on. just you find yeah. you see some uh, patch of dry grass on the ground and shoot a, it on fire. shoot shoot a yeah. fire arrow at it. Yeah. Or some other plane you shoot a fire arrow at it and then you just fly over that. Yeah. Especially if the plane's made of grass. Right. A grass plane. A grassy plane. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> that's a that's a thing. I saw it on the internet. Uh, what what video games have you been playing, Zach? I played quite a bit of the Secret World Legends, oh, okay. the relaunch of the Secret World, um, as a more single player focused. Yeah, it it is it is remarkable to me how little they have changed about it. Uh, you're still connecting to a server. You're still seeing other people running around in the world. Okay. They just seem to have tuned the difficulty way, way down. Oh, was it they dramatically had to do group stuff before? Well, it's less that, and it's more that it was, like, balanced to be a WoW-style MMO. So you, like, had to be pretty careful about not accidentally pulling monsters and stuff like that. And now you kind of don't need to worry about it. There Also, monsters just have a level, and so do you, which was not a thing that existed in the secret world before. And there's a lot of... There's a lot more gating on main quest line stuff. Like, there are stages of the main quest where it's like, reach level 9, and then we'll tell you where the next step in this is. And that's kind of nice, because... In the game, in the secret world, originally, it was very, very unclear when you were going to end up out of your depth. Okay. Because you didn't, like, just level up and automatically get more health. It was, like, very heavily gear-gated. Um, you, you make your, you make your guy, you, uh, you pick a class, and what that does is it gives you your starting, like, primary and secondary weapons, and then to unlock more weapons uses cash shop currency. Uh, okay. So you just can't use them if they drop. Unless you have a Secret World account and can figure out how to link it, which I had played a bunch of it before I realized that I de- needed to make a new account so that I could link it okay. to my old Secret World account. My turns out I had like five or six accounts with Funcom that are somewhat all associated with a single login on the website, but somewhat not. Like going back to like original launch Anarchy Online... Oh, accounts and stuff. Um, Can you consolidate them? I don't think so. Is that because they so. like they bought a bunch of MMOs and you had accounts with each? Oh, they just made a bunch of MMOs, and I think they didn't consolidate their account system. Maybe even yet. Like yeah. I think what happened is they just made new accounts on the Secret World Legends for everyone with the same credentials as their Secret World accounts. But I guess I forgot that I had gotten locked out of one or something. So it was like a username that was. The only way that this username would have been created is if my first, like, five usernames that I tried were already taken. It's like a Riffington situation, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I got I got that set up, and so now I have access to a lot more stuff than I would if I hadn't paid for the secret world at some point. I have not yet gotten to the part that people are complaining about in the monetization scheme, which is like you hit a certain level and you start getting these chests that drop out in the world that you have to have keys that you buy in the cash shop to open. Um, it the, the combat has been like the number of skills there are per weapon has gone down. Da- it's still very large, but it has gone way, way down. 
and the amount of like complexity of the synergy that you can deal with in the combat system is way lower also like there were Partly, I think that it was because this game was in like a modern setting where your weapons were like guns and stuff and not just swords and spells. They they just kind of made up status effects and then treated them as though they meant something like it wasn't just like on fire or poisoned or frozen or whatever. There was like debilitated uh exposed weekend like a bunch of like synonyms basically and the way that the weapon synergies worked is like there's certain things like all right this is like a builder that applies this status effect and then that pairs well with a weapon that has finishers that do extra damage against targets that have this status effect or whatever and so there were a bunch of things that like secretly worked well together if you were really intimately familiar with everything that was possible there was a lot of variety of of really effective builds but there was also a lot of ways to like just have a bunch of shit on your hotbar that didn't work very well together which made you even more underpowered for the things that you didn't realize that you were underpowered for and it seems like they were just like well let's just make the combat 10 percent as hard as it used to be so that people can play um it it has reminded me what a just masterpiece of an mmo zone the first zone of the secret world is it's just it's the like the setting of the secret world is essentially modern the modern world where every conspiracy theory is true at the same time so this is just like the sleepy new england town that has like sea monsters living outside of it that were brought in by a big fog but there's also zombies and there's also yetis in the woods and uh like the Illuminati are real and one of the playable factions. Like it, it, it's just so, so what about good. Pizzagate. This town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh God. That would, the, the thing is, I, I don't think they, this feels like a thing that was made by some people within the company as a hobby project and they were not given any money to <laughs> add you mean Pizzagate add stuff you mean like so <laughs> I'm guessing that if they had wanted to add Pizzagate to like if they just wanted to put a store in this town called Pizzagate because that is the exact kind of thing that they would do yeah but I bet there wasn't the budget for a texture <laughs> when they were building this yeah there are <clears throat> there are like no, I, th this might be a slight exaggeration. I am, I am almost certain though that the icon for every consumable in the game is a, like just a picture of a milkshake, like a, like a, <laughs> like a paper cup with a straw. And that's true whether it's like a, taco or an apple or the well, item that in the all. item that permanently increases your sprint speed that you buy in the cash shop they're all just a milkshake every gun in the game just has the same icon like the it, it seems really weird to me that it would be so limited yeah like that especially like, because like you can get like free icons of guns <laughs> online well you could you could just put in, uh, you could write a, you could write a content to wear scale to make a gun filter. into a long gun. 
<laughs> you could write a, you could just filter, like you could just take the 3D model of the weapon oh, yeah. and take a, fuck, take a fucking picture of it, right? And mm-hmm. make that a bitmap. But it's weird that, it could just be that that's a bad idea, and it could be that it's not worth it to like have an artist make hundreds of icons or whatever. So, but it's just weird that there is so little variety and so much of the stuff about this when there is like a lot of work went into a lot of other parts of the game. Yeah. So like when you think about icons, philosophically, icons in a file system, like representing like the file types are useful for like when you look at here's a bunch of files that all have the same icon that means they all have the same type right and maybe the person who was making the icons thought the icons were meant to be used that way so like yeah. this is a class of item which is a gun it is hard in world of warcraft once you have a thousand items in your bags to like look around and find something right but it's cool Mm-hmm. To look at an icon, to like an inventory full of wow items is cool to look at and it makes you excited about all of the shit that you have, whereas this stuff just does not. Yep. Um, I hope that this does well because I would really like to live in a world where some money got thrown at this property. Because it's really, really cool. The setting is really, really cool, and they do really neat stuff with it. And this is just, like, a slightly different way of interfacing with that that is more accessible yeah. and free, which is kind of notable. Are you, is, the way you described it, it seems like it's still an MMO. It so really feels like, yeah. Like, I much, much, much more than I thought it would be. It is just the same game with like a simplified crafting and combat system. And now it has levels and it doesn't cost any money. You, there's like a dungeon finder. You can just hit like a button and say, Hey, anybody doing any dungeons or anything that I can do? And it just automatically puts you in a group. And the dungeons are easy enough that you can just face roll them with strangers. And you get like every time you beat a boss, there's like a chest and that you playing, need a key to open playing for free, you get 10 keys a day to open chests in dungeons and every dungeon has what would be nice is if every dungeon had four bosses in it so then you'd be tempted at, you're not going to not run a third one but you're not going to not pay for the final boss drop right that's what that's what I would do if I were trying to get money out of people <laughs> playing this thing but uh, I think it actually varies based on how many bosses there are but it's uh, I mean I want to give them money. I would, I would like to pay for some convenience features, but I don't know what they are or how to pay for them at this point. Like if there was a way that I could give them $10 and just say like, all right, for $10, I just want like a motorcycle that makes me faster. I would like to do that, but it's not really, it's not really putting forward the way that other free to play MMOs do to their detriment. Like, Hey, check out some shit you can buy in the cash shop now. Look at this. Buy this. Buy this. Buy this. Now here's a button to buy this. Like, I don't know that it ever explained to me which thing is the cash shop currency. You're like earning. It was always a little weird because I don't know what the currency was that you were earning in the secret world to begin with. You you bought stuff from these guys that were like from the UN. You had some kind of. I, like, I don't remember what the, 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 the main currency that drops off of uh, m- monsters and stuff now is anima fragments. And then for doing uh. quests with your faction, you get some kind of tokens with like a bear on them. And I think. Bear anima fragments. <laughs> there's, 
the it's California dollars. Yeah. There are stores that take all kinds of things, most of which I've never seen in the game. And I don't know, like, given that this is now an MMO that's been out for like a couple days, there's also not like a wiki where you can go and learn what the fuck anything is. So I don't know. It's I'm having fun playing through all of the content again. Also, you look at the map and it shows you where every fucking item that starts a quest is. So you can just go to the next one and do all of the quests in these very, very well-designed... As I remember it, the density of that stuff falls off pretty precipitously as you get closer to the state that the game was in when they ran out of money and had to launch a failed MMO, (laughs) Um, which is, I think, true of more or less every Funcom MMO and a lot of non-Funcom MMOs, but but, um, it definitely puts its best foot forward with with Kingsman. And, like... The fact that you can just play through all of that shit for free now to the extent that I have in the last couple days is great and everyone should do it. It's, um, one of the problems the Secret World had as an MMO was that it, its tech was just a little too janky for them to pull off the stuff that they were trying to do with encounters, which was to like make make a lot of the game as dynamic as the raid content in WoW by doing, like, you know, here's this region on the ground that you need to get out of before this damage happens, and, like, here's a complicated boss fight where you have to, like, do something that puts a debuff on the boss before you can do damage to it or whatever, and that stuff didn't work very well a lot of the time because the tech just wasn't there, and so being able to approach that stuff with a much easier combat system is is really nice because you can just kind of stomp on everything and... It's, you know, you just see the stuff. You don't have to spend a bunch of time. Like, you can just teleport anywhere that you've been to any, like, resurrection point that you've been to. They've peppered the world with new resurrection points. And for just, like, a very nominal amount of in-game currency, you can just move between them. Um, Like, they're not just trying to tax you on time the way that an MMO does. Yeah, that's anymore. nice. And it's, it's yeah, I'm I'm real happy with it. Like, I don't... As long as there is story stuff for me to play through, like, I doubt if I'm going to get into this and start, like, repeating content over and over again and doing endgame rating and stuff, but I want to see everything once, and I will, I think, continue to stay interested in playing this until I've seen it, um, because it's just not, it's not wasting your time the way that it used to. That's I also really cool. played a phone game called Missile Cards, which is... A kind of a weird turn-based deck builder missile command. Whoa. Huh. Um, I don't know that I think that it is very good. It, it feels like it, it's not really a deck builder so much as there is a deck of cards that determines what you can do and what sort of meteors are falling on your base or, or missiles that are being shot at your base or whatever. And, I'm pretty sure that there are a large number of configurations of the deck that can come out that there's just no way for you to win. Um, and so I guess in that way, there are goals of like reach a certain number of points or whatever, which you can, you get more points by like waiting until the missiles are closer on the little grid to your bases before you blow them up with your cards that are missile defense things. But, um, it looks really nice. It's like really nice pixel art. It looks kind of like Calculords. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I have no idea. This I I found out about this through a tweet by James Kachalka, which leads me to believe that maybe he just knows the people that made it or something. Um But yeah, it's it's a weird turn-based missile command game with a like an overall progression thing that is I think is tuned way too slow. But Missile. When when you play this game, are you just looking at a, at cards on a table? Basically, no. You've got a little. You've got. Uh, I'll show it to you when we're when we're done here. You've got a little grid that is your 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 bases and the missiles that are falling, and then you've got like a little conveyor belt of cards that are turned up, and then you've got like a staging area where you pull cards out and they take a few turns to get ready, and then you can fire them at missiles. And, um. Yeah. That sounds interesting. That sounds intriguing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it looks cool enough and the premise is cool enough that I wish the game was better. It was, I was also going to say, it sounds like the sort of premise that I would come up with and implement and realize was a terrible game and ship anyway, because it's <laughs> funny and that's good enough for me. Okay. So you, sh- you're saying that you tend to ship things that you think are terrible games, but funny. Okay. Do you, huh. So do you think that a lot of the mini games in Frog Fractions 2 are bad? Yeah, probably. Hmm. But funny. They're fun to play once. There yeah. wasn't there weren't any games that I thought were not fun. I think a lot of people really didn't like the the um the Flappy Bird clicker. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot. That was not fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but it's pretty funny, isn't it? Uh no, I didn't oh, think it was funny fuck. either. I know. You know, two strikes. Just yeah. really not for me. <laughs> There's no other strikes to get, so I'm fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not I'm not everybody. Yeah, fair enough. I thought it was pretty funny. The idea is it's a funny thing to describe. <laughs> fair uh, enough, yeah. Yep. Uh that reminded me of something that I was gonna talk about on the podcast. I can picture myself washing dishes and thinking about a thing. A song? A podcast? No, it was about a game that was, like, more interesting as a thing to talk about than it was as a thing to play that had come up recently. Well, this is terrible. You guys want to talk about the assignment instead? No, I want to talk about this mystery game that you want to tell us about. Yeah, why are you withholding from us? Was it a dishwashing game? Might have been. I don't know. I think about a lot of stuff while I'm washing dishes. It's kind of what it's for. Yeah. Some people have meditation. Mm-hmm. Other, you, you can't have meditation and a dishwasher at once. Wait, no, it's the other way around. Anyway. You can wash your dishes and you can wash your friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you guys want to talk about Tumbleseed? Sure. Sure. Um, Tumbleseed is a game by Greg Wolwend and somebody else. Uh, and you, I don't know what you are. You're a rail. You're a seed. No, there is a seed. I would not say that the, you're the seed. Uh, wow. <laughs> you, um, the, the way it's, it, you're basically trying to roll up a flat surface by controlling the tilt of a ramp that your thing inertly, uh, rolls on. You're like a, you're like a, a ball in a pinball game. And there are holes that your your ball can fall in. Are you supposed to be the ball in pinball? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you're not, right? I mean, so I guess there are some pinball tables where it's like, go into the woods. And then there's a part of the table labeled the woods. Right. But I don't 
I think that's the exception rather than the rule. I think it usually says shoot the orbit, shoot so, the ramp, right. hit in, the bumper. In World of Warcraft, are you a floating disembodied camera? When in World of Warcraft, when you press W, you are the thing that moves forward. Not the thing behind the character that also happens to be moving forward when you press W. I see your point, but I don't agree with it. <laughs> okay. I like I don't the, nothing about this game would preclude there from being a hundred seeds. I, and that does not mean that you are a hundred oh, yeah. things. Wait, what do you mean? And, nothing would preclude a hundred seeds. Oh, yeah, the, seeds. this game design could totally have, like, instead of one seed you're moving around, you could have, like, a whole screen full of them. That seems like it would be horrible. It's it would hard be a enough, bad game. It's hard enough to, like, keep she, one, one oh, seed Oh, no, in. but it would it be would. <laughs> Um, So, uh, this game... I, I don't... I, I, just to finish this thought, I don't think every game has a concept of you in it. <laughs> right. Well, so they address you. They're, well, they're talking to the seed, though, right? The, but no, they addre- they're addressing you because mm. they're like, move the vines up yeah. on either side to tilt the ramp or whatever. Whoa, are there vines? That's the, what, how they that's, reference yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, this game is like ice cold beer. So yeah. you, in this game, you are, uh, are a like drunken bar patron. Yeah. Um, and you're trying not to have your seed fall in holes, and it's unless they're good holes. It's got a very, it's got a nice, uh, it's got a nice like sort of well designed progression. I guess mm. I don't know. I am never gonna get to any of it. Yeah, it's because hell because it is a thousand times too hard to be fun. Yeah, like. It, How far did you get? Zero. I got zero. Like, the first time I played it, I fell in a hole and just immediately just became so angry that I <laughs> alt f it and just went back to work. Like, okay. And I, later, I, wh- when I ran it again, it was like, hey, did you know that there's a thing that you can get that makes you not take damage when you fall in holes? And I was like, oh, that's great. This is a thing that they added in a patch. They oh. did a huge patch to this game. To make it easier. Like, to make it easier right before we started playing it. Yeah. And oh, after that, I was like, oh, neat. Not be out for Switch yet. Uh, well, we'll do this. So uh, I'll do this thing so that I don't take damage from falling in holes. But then what I didn't realize was that, oh, well, now the only thing that happens when you fall in a hole is that it just resets your progress to the last time you planted your own fucking checkpoint. Except now there's like nothing to do on your way up to where you were except avoid the fucking holes. Like. Oh, because they've, all the crystals and stuff have already been picked up. Like. This game is, it's cumbersome to move around in, in a way that just makes me constantly angry while I'm playing it. Like, I'm like, oh man, I really want to go see what that thing is. And then I realize what I have to do to make that happen. And I'm just like, (sighs) I had a similar problem, except I didn't really want to go see what that thing was. (laughs) I mean, it's really cute and I want to know what stuff does and I want to see how the game works and I want to see new environments and I want to like. But fuck, do I not want to make a goddamn thing roll around independently to... Usually what would happen when I went and, like, touched a thing was that someone would start yammering on about how I'm going to fulfill the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they present text in word balloons, like, five or six words at a time, and it just makes it... it it's interminable. It's I, really, like... I don't even mind There's like reading two or three stuff utter- in utterances. video games. It lasts, like, no, five seconds. A lot of, yeah, but it makes it, for whatever reason, the way that it's presented makes it, like, 
I started just hammering on the button and not reading the text, which I, wow. that's not who I am yeah. when I play video games at this all. This game is all, is, has I, a, a lot to do with being a patient human being. <laughs> Cause you have to, you have to sort of slowly work your way up and be pre- precise and careful and stuff. And but it's, you have to go really slowly even when you're not in danger. And I think that is the thing that is the most frustrating to me is, just get also it, so drink everybody because this is a game where I could not look at the screen and tell you which things were going to block your movement and which things yeah, weren't. That was that academy. That uh, that was definitely uh, annoying at first, but you you eventually learn what things are. I mean, I I trust them to have a consistent visual language for that, but, but it's not obvious. Yeah, and so. Oh, well, okay. The The worst thing in the world that could happen is I could need something that was just to the left or just to the right of where the fucking seed was. Because you either have to spend for fucking ever making it very slowly roll down a gentle hill that you've created, or you f- fucking lose control completely because you were in a hurry to move one inch and now you're at the opposite end of the screen. Like... What, uh, you were using the keyboard to control? Uh, I tried both keyboard and a controller. The keyboard was real weird because it uses W and S and up up and and down, down, but then also A and E do something. To do? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. And they're just mapped to either W or S, I think. But it's it's very weird. WASD work, WASD behaves differently than the arrow keys do. Yeah, I, 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 a similar experience where like I, I launched this game and then as always my, my experience with video games is I launch the game and then I try to play and then I realize I have to switch the keyboard from Dvorak over to QWERTY. Right. <laughs> um, but before I switched it over, I was thinking like maybe they did it anyway because like a was behaving right. And, but, but it was definitely not mapped to like the same keys on Dvorak. Cause this is what I did for like, when I made Frog Fractions, I just took whatever keys were in the WASD positions in Dvorak and just mapped those to it as well. Aren't Doesn't that create a contradiction? Uh, no. A is in the same place in both keyboards. Uh, so there's some overlap. Okay. But in the case of Wa- those four letters, at least, there's no contradiction. Hmm. Um, and I did a similar thing with like Q and W in, in, uh, in text world. So, so Dvorak is not the first six letters of a Dvorak keyboard. No, sadly. So then when you want to, when you tried playing this game with the, with a controller, did you insist that you be able to invert up and down on the right stick, but not the left one? I didn't try playing this game on the controller. Okay. It's way, way easier with a controller. And like, all right, I can imagine getting better at this, but what I can definitely imagine is me and a couple of people who regularly drank at a bar where they had an ice cold beer machine getting into it. But I cannot imagine trying to foist that on a larger audience. So the first time I played this game was at PAX West like a year ago and they had a custom controller there and that felt real good to play because it was just like very sort of visceral Um, and doing it with a keyboard didn't feel nearly as good but like you get used to it after 20 minutes. What was the controller like? I forget exactly what it was. I think it was like two thumbsticks or something. 
two little like what is what does the ice cold beer control scheme look like? Two joysticks. Yeah, I think it was two joysticks. Are they axes limited? Can you just move them forward and back? Like I believe a, that they are. You can only yeah. move them forward. That, that feels, yeah. It seems like it would feel good. Yeah, yeah. And you're playing a game where a physical thing is rolling up, you know, and it's like pretend. Pretend that's a physical thing. Yeah, but there's not like you don't get like a power up when you get the ball bearing halfway up the ice cold beer <laughs> screen and get to the second level where there's cool new shit to do that would right like more likely to want to play ice cold beer yeah yeah but is it better man i like it's i felt when we saw greg do his talk about this at fantastic arcade it was so obvious that he had just been beaten down by all of the feedback they had gotten about the game they're like we really like this game and no one else does and we're sure we can get this to be something that other people understand why it's good. And I just don't, I don't know, man. Because of the control scheme? Yeah. Like, I, like, I think that if you just moved your seed around with WASD, it'd be real easy and real fun. I would have played the whole thing if it had not been, it, if it had not just been like actively, aggressively unpleasant to perform the basic operations of play, which I, 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 so like if you if you like had slow acceleration and momentum or something to sort of sort of mimic what it's kind of like, but you just had direct control. Do you think that would be more pleasant? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you would still be in danger of falling into holes because you didn't have like instant still control. Cool. Yeah, maybe if it was like it could a, just say it was inspired by la- 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 wood- wooden labyrinths instead. Yeah, that's, that's what I was. That's thinking. actually what if it I, was like a tilt. That's control, what I thought of it, like a like a monkey ball kind of thing. Yeah. But I th- that's kind of just how I think about it when I play, and it doesn't feel that bad to me. I, I think it would be worth experimenting with a control scheme where and maybe this is what A and E did, uh, where um, well, you could push left to raise one end and lower the other one, and push right to the, do the opposite. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I you know, I really like the way the game looks. Yeah, if it, uh, like, exactly. If, if, if up, down, left, and right were just move both up, move both down, tilt, tilt left, tilt right, that seems like it would. That would basically be what you were describing, where like it just, it would be a very like, uh, idiosyncratic kind of a m- momentum. Yeah. And if, if space bar it, it, rotated towards whatever your, whatever direction your seed was moving, so that, it would be like putting a brakes on and adjusting it rather than you having to do so that if, on purpose. Okay. If you hit spacebar, yeah. like you could just hold hits. down spacebar and it would just stop you. Okay. Like, but I mean, th- then obviously it just wouldn't be the game that they wanted to make. Well, and how I, far, and how I am, far off would it be, really? I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, like I'm afraid that this concept was just doomed, but they had the money and the cachet and the trust to do it anyway. And, like, for another studio, this would have just been the end of them, right? Like, they would have built this thing that they really liked, and then no one bought, and, like, yeah, man. I also kind of feel like it was a mistake to introduce, like, crystals and weapons and stuff immediately off the bat. Because that was confusing as hell. Like, I was, I was still getting used to moving the thing around, and now it's asking me to 
switch to one form I, to I fight got the impression and switch to another form to make knives and and yeah i i spent the entirety of this game confused about something i get the impression that like uh, that this game has a lot of systems in it and they yeah. like they're giving you that stuff early because they have to get to the next thing to fit it all in mm. in your head i mean i watched them explain it and play it and that's how i knew how everything worked so right. I, not everyone has that yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was it was kind of baffling. And that was like that was actually what I think I didn't skip the text. I was reading it all and it was because specifically I was like I probably need like I I don't understand what's happening in the game. If there were no text, I would assume like okay, I just have to figure it out. Because there's text, I was like okay, I probably have to learn how to play this game from this text. So I had to fucking read it if I was going to play the game. Uh, and, like, eventually I realized, okay, that's not the case. There's just going to be, like, dumb story. But. Anyway. Sorry that this is so harsh, listeners. And Greg. <laughs> if, if Greg is listening. So I, I actually enjoyed the the game and the control scheme and was having a good time playing it until I got to the jungle and then there it was a just a new kind of enemy that was incredibly brutally hard and so killed me right you away. also found this game too hard oh yeah i still i still found it too hard even even sort of enjoying it do you know how long the game is uh that was the second of four second of four worlds, worlds right okay. yeah At, past which like based on their metrics like basically no one ever got yeah i think 30 percent of people got to the jungle and like nobody got past like one percent had ever yeah, 3%. seen level three or something like that yeah it's really um, like the, the fall off is really really low um i have no idea how close i ever got to finishing the first one like yeah. it like i felt like i was always being offered too many like you know pick one of two new Power forms ups. for your thing to get into. I'm like, I don't, I already have too many of those. I like, no I don't, basis on which to like, make this yeah. decision. Yeah. Well, but like, there's the, I mean, that's what those trial rooms are so for you to see what those things God do. God, except it is so fucking tedious to move around that the idea of like getting up there to try that shit and then having to like make it back to the door is just took so long. Interesting. And I, there was no I, danger in it. There was like nothing, you know, like it's just, move it like being in one place and needing to be in another place in this game just made me angry huh like that's the hugest bummer it is it makes me it's uh, i'm sad about the existence of, of this thing like <laughs> well so like because i don't want a world that focus tests everything into like sameness sameness and yeah. and mediocrity right but it's like right i forgot that when a lot of people are making a lot of art. Almost everything is bad. <laughs> but you didn't want this to be bad. Like, it. so many things about this game seem like a good idea on paper. There's going to be, like, two people that really love this game. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, two people other than the developers. Right, and they'll pay $100,000 each exactly. for it, so then the <laughs> developer can make another game. Um, I, I think it's a cool thing that Greg wasted years of his life so that those two people could be happy. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that many years. Okay. That wasn't a waste. Fair enough. I don't know. I think a couple people spent a couple years on this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Fallen in Holes is not a fun time. Not a good feature in video games. Like even in Super Mario Brothers, it's the like holes are are really like they they are better when they're a threat rather than a threat that is acted on. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if I feel better about insta-kill spikes than I do about holes. Yeah, because I feel like the spikes in Spelunky are pretty fucking mean. Yeah. And yet, that's one of the best games of all time. One cool thing about holes is that kids in the, on the playground can argue about how there's one hole in the game where you jump in there and there's a oh, secret. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That ever happened? Uh, not in Super Mario Brothers. Right. Uh, there were things like that in, like, Super Mario Brothers 3 you had the quicksand where if you go into the quicksand, there's a secret room. Yeah, oh, almost yeah. all of them kill you, but there's, like, one or two that are special. Yeah, yeah. That's that's irresponsible, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets found by the community over time, right? Yeah. It's you, also optional. You like, could have just had the rest of the quicksand not kill you. You just fall into it and there's nothing there. And then you have to swim your way back uh, out, right? It's it's not as harsh as it seems because, like, you, you have a bunch of leeway before you have to, like... Enough to tell that there's something down there? Enough to tell that the screen starts scrolling. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine, then. I forgot I can't criticize any Mario game around you. Yeah, no, I, I have all the answers. Jim Mario Apologist Crawford. <laughs> we just like to call him Ma. Mario Apologist Mel. Yeah, my Mario moratorium is over. Oh, good. Why didn't you call it a moratorium? Yeah, uh, people kept making that joke. That's why. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, our next assignment uh, was a, a Patreon backer suggestion, which we are back on the horse of doing now for a while. Uh, and it is, sorry, I did not actually write down the name of the Patreon backer who suggested it. Yeah, we need to get that before we do this. We should just put that in the document that we have, because right now they're just all in those comments on that thread. So right, that's fine. Uh, but we're playing a game called Recursed, uh, which is it's on Steam sale uh, and probably still will be when this is published uh, for a couple bucks. Uh, and it is a puzzle game where you go inside the objects that you're moving around. It seemed like a defined by Merriam-Webster as cursed again. Um. But I think it's also about recursion. Okay. Is why it's called that. Um, it is a Tobias and the Magic Scepter ass looking game. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's, um, I, it, like, it's I just, like that game. It's, it, You're but have it's, to put that reference in the show notes. <laughs> um, we played it as an assignment, didn't we? Yeah. I, I don't think I was part of the team at it that was, point. It was great. I, I think it was probably right before you. Yeah. Okay. It was not, it was not that long ago. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, puzzle game, cool, cool zone. Thank you, uh, to, to our Patreon backers for giving us some recommendations for assignments to play. Agreed. Um, it's one of the things you get at that tier, except for when we spend a year not doing it, and we're sorry. Hey, um, we did all those assignments. We did. We did. But then we, like, took a while, and then we stopped for a long time and yeah. didn't get a second batch, and I yeah. feel I feel bad about that. Did we, did we ever promise a second batch? Yeah. Well, there were new, oh. there were new backers also that year who never been yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, yeah, we got some, we got some good stuff coming up. We got some, we got some Telltales games, which I'm gonna, we're gonna have to put off until, uh, after, until after West of Loathing Ships. We don't have, we don't have time to play eight hours of a narrative. I created a new uh, category in my Steam account. Uh, 
post West of Loathing binge. Nice. Mm. I'd like to take you, a couple of days and just do nothing but play video games. I not, like a couple of months. Well, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Just do nothing. Just like lay in a catatonic state, just staring <laughs> at the ceiling and drooling. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna have we're not gonna have time to soon enough entirely <laughs> soon enough we'll all be doing that all the time anyway oh, okay sure um mandatory lobotomies <laughs> I was gonna say this, anyone who voted for a democrat ever this, um health health bill passes we're all dead anyway right health bill would be a good nickname if we were doing medicine hot dog that's <laughs> <laughs> true i would still be sports enthusiast sam yeah this is pretty good <laughs> I mean, really, you can do any job and still be a sports enthusiast. That's yeah, the that's, th- that's uh, the Unless thing that's so great about sports. Hater. Right. <laughs> that's true. You could be uh, on on a soup hot dog. You could be spork enthusiast. Oh, but you wouldn't eat soup with a spork. That's why it's weird. Okay. Right. That's, so that's it's still a contrarian it, position. Yeah. Okay. I, like, yeah, you're the guy on the super podcast that only eats with a fork, <laughs> <laughs> and so Chopsticks. you'll only eat like stews. And you could be fork enthusiast stew. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, speaking of spork enthusiast Sue, uh, you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Who? Our generous Patreon backers, such as Tony, Tony Macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> cool Zone. Moritorium. Chelsea Lipton Onion Mix. Maury Povich. I was going to say Maury Povich. I also was going to say Maury Povich. <laughs> I also was going to say Maury Povich. I was going to say Maury Povich. Povich Povich. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to put a moratorium on this gag. <laughs> Gentlemen, I've had a fantastic like a time. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's the that's the other name for a labyrinth. <laughs> well, welcome to the Minotarium of Dr. Oh, Parnassus. <laughs> Moratorium is more like a lessatorium. It's moratorium like a less. Hmm. Um. What? This is a good podcast, okay. you guys. I'm going right. to do this. All right. So, uh, uh, all right. Guy A is uh, pitching a new entry for the monster manual, and he was like, uh, "What do you think? It's the Loch Ness Ness monster." And the person's feedback is, "It needs less Ness, man." Oh God! Yes. <laughs> So after after he quit WKRP, WKRP was in a state of less nessmanlessness. <laughs> yep, uh, that's pretty good. Was that? Did you make that up just now? No, that's an old one. <laughs> oh, okay, that's, well, did you make that up a long time ago, or did you hear that? From I think somewhere? I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where. Damn it, Riff. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'd had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you fellas, but now I'm so disappointed in Riff that I just. Don't know if I can bring myself to pretend. <laughs> that's a um, that's a little unfair. You can't quote, you can't you can't ever quote someone. You make a really funny joke, and then when I find out that you didn't invent that joke, I'm suddenly disgusted by you. <laughs> that's, yeah, God, I'm hard to deal yeah, with. You got a really high bar. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe that maybe that was my problem with Tumbleseed is that I constantly bar my bar was too high. high. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I've had a great time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if if you do, uh, pick the stabby seed guy, and if you don't, pick the crystal seed guy. Kakaboo-boobalaya. Good night. Good night, everybody. everybody.